Get your Unreasonable Doubt podcast gear online. Find the link in this episode description that you're listening to now on this episode or check it out on my social media accounts in the bios. Is that what those are called? On my profiles? Anyways, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts, long sleeve t-shirts, a bowling shirt, all with the Unreasonable Doubt logo. Buy the stuff. Here's the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown is doing the chop, baby. Oh, no. What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the Dyer Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 8, St. John's. Ah. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know? Facebook page. You can follow the podcast there. Find it. Hit the blue thumb. Follow Unreasonable Doubt on Facebook. UnreasonableDoubtWV at gmail.com is the email address. Got another email. Going to read that email on this podcast. So West Virginia makes nine threes. The defense and St. John's holds themselves to 33% shooting. St. John's shoots 12% from three. And West Virginia loses 70 to 68 in Madison Square Garden. The Garden's not really doing much for WVU. And it's the first loss of the season. And guess what? There's going to be more than one. Spoiler alert. (laughs) That's the great thing. Well, you tell me. Is that a great thing about basketball where you can lose in December to St. John's and not have the season ruined? by one game where in football if you have one loss your chances of <laughs> your chances of winning the national championship and I'm not saying WVU and basketball is going to win the national championship this year however 68 teams have technically a shot okay Four teams in football have a shot. And when you lose one time, wow, it really messes up that opportunity to be in that top four. Unless you're from a certain school in a certain conference, then you got a better chance. Two losses, oof, three losses, three losses in basketball. It's an amazing season. It's one for the ages. Three losses in football. Insert random sponsor. Insert random place. Bowl. That's what you get in football. And it's not a big deal. People in football like that. Like the stakes of each game having that kind of ramifications of losing. I like 
the fact that I can there, there can be a loss and then you move on and you can have 10 losses and still have a really good season. Anyways, well, how did West Virginia lose this game? A couple of big things. 22 turnovers. So the first game of the year where we're plus 20 turnovers. But St. John's is a pressing team. A lot of these turnovers were not because of the press. 12 of the turnovers were by our big guys. All right. Uh, a lot of dribbling in the in the paint. One time, with love and respect, Derek Culver was trying to run the break. And it ended up in a turnover. So just weird stuff. And weird stuff happens more often than not on the road instead of at home. All right. But 22 turnovers, that's tough to overcome. And the free throws. St. John's shot way more free throws. West Virginia shot 12 free throws. They made five. And only four guys made it to the foul line. So when you're <laughs> when you're less than 50% from a shot where nobody's guarding you and you give the ball to the other team 22 times, uh, that's tough sledding. And yet... West Virginia only lost by two. That's amazing and encouraging. The Florida game last year at Madison Square Garden, deeply depressing. Sad. Not the first loss of the season. Soul ripped out. <laughs> of all the games, I mean, the Texas game at home where it was a dunk fest, soul ripped out. Florida game in the garden, soul ripped out. I got to stop talking about last year. This year, different. All right? Here's what else had to happen for West Virginia to lose a true road game. Derek Culver, the guy who in a recent episode I said needs to shoot technical free throws, he shot two of six. Okay? And he was good today. 12 points. I'm not making this up. 18 rebounds. Had the most minutes for the team. He was he was really good today. And had an off day from the free throw line. All right? And he's been great. Emmett Matthews shooting close to 50% from three. He took four three-point shots today. He missed them all. I don't know if any of them was, was close. And that's okay. All right? It happens. Talked about the stock market recently. And by the way, I'm buying WVU stock today after the loss. And one could argue you should have sold a little bit of your position in WVU after that Rhode Island game. But anyways, good time to buy. It might already be too late, but I bought, I increased my position in WVU. But another stock market term of what happened today, a market correction. Where your stock is good. But every once in a while, you you have a dip, right? Nothing, it happens. It happens to the best of stocks. It, it doesn't go in a straight line all the way to infinity. There's ups and downs. So today was a down for specific guys. Talked about Culver from, from the free throw line. Matthews missed all of his threes. Deuce McBride looked like a freshman sometimes a day. And that's okay. You know why? Because he's a freshman, okay? He shot one of 10 today. The other freshman, Oscar, this was supposed to be his good game. And because he's been on one game, off one game, on one game, off one game. Not a bad game against Rhode Island, but I was hoping that was an off game 
and then go to St. John's, have an on game. He had a decent start to the game, uh, good scoring in the first half, but he only played 14 minutes. Shots that were close that he's been making, bank shots, they weren't going in. He missed a dunk. He had an opportunity to dunk in the second half, did not miss the one-footer, and I don't know if we saw Oscar again, and that's okay. He's, those guys are freshmen. Jermaine Haley only made half of his shots. He usually makes way more than half of his shots. All of that happened. All of those market corrections happened, and West Virginia still had a chance to tie it at the end. So that's a win. And this team doesn't quit, all right? Because here's the positives. Shot Robot, 13 points, 4 of 7 from 3, including a shot to complete a comeback from 9 points down. They were down 9 with 4 minutes left. Shot Robot completed that comeback to tie it up, and then they end up losing by 2, and I don't want to get into how they lost by 2 because it's only going to make me mad. It probably made you mad. Taz Sherman. In a shooting slump, not today. He made both of his threes, including a three to start the comeback from nine down. Gabe getting more comfortable every game. Only four points, but he had eight rebounds. And he just he's getting comfortable out there. And he's getting to the rim. He he did dribble and get to the rim. And I like Gabe's game. I think it's going to work well for this group. And while Deuce was one for ten. In that nine-point comeback, a couple of key steals. And Huggins, of all these guys, he's playing 12 guys every game. Of all these guys, five seconds left, down two. He calls a play for Deuce McBride. And so he didn't make it. He hit the rim. It wasn't a terrible shot. Apparently, Huggins wanted him to drive all the way to the rim and have the refs make a call. Not a bad shot, not mad at the shot, and not mad that Huggins drew up a play for Miles McBride, who was one of nine before he missed that shot, because I thought he was going to make the shot. And (laughs) this was his eighth collegiate game, okay? So that, I'm taking that as a positive. And listen, road games in college basketball are very difficult, regardless of who you're playing. And no, it's not, you know, St. John's, this is their first game at Madison Square Garden this year. That's a that's a home game for them, for sure. And so last year, again, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it really hurt me last year. <laughs> so I'm trying to get positives from this season comparing to what happened last season. Last season, they won zero road games. This year, West Virginia's won 50% of their true road games. Okay. So I am not discouraged. I'm encouraged that nine point lead last year would have stayed nine or jumped up to 15 this season, claw all the way back and then lose by two. So I'll go ahead and read my email from Neil Stone. Another email from Neil Stone. He writes, would you like to see Huggins tighten up the rotation and keep some consistency? I know I would. And then it says in his email, sent from my iPhone, which again, I really appreciate I appreciate the question, Neil, and thanks for writing. But thank you for telling me where you typed it at, what kind of device you used. 
So I, I understand it was from your iPhone. Anyways, um, here's the thing, Neil. I don't think Huggins is going to shorten the – I don't think he's going to tighten the ro- the rotation. If he does, so he kind of, I'm putting this in air quotes, he tightened the rotation today by uh, route played a minute, according to the box score. I watched the game live, and I don't remember route getting in. So if route gets taken out of the rotation and only gets pulled in when every, every big guy's in foul trouble, then that cuts it to 11. And then because Deuce was struggling, and poor Jordan McCabe, still in a funk, Early season funk. Then we had lots of Brandon Napper today. And so, in theory, you don't need a third point guard if you're going to tighten the rotation. And yet, Napper was needed today. Because Deuce, again, looked like a freshman. That's fine. And Jordan McCabe, whatever's happened when, with Jordan McCabe. Okay? Have have confidence he's going to break out of it. And so, and Matthews, you got, Matthews didn't have it today. And even if he did, Huggins is going to get McNeil out there for offense and Taz Sherman for offense and I like his defense. And so those guys are going to get minutes and maybe spot minutes. So if we're saying Huggins tightens up the rotation, at the tightest he can get the rotation is, is nine guys. And most likely, you know, I could see 11 or 10 uh, but we're not going to see that until conference play. And if we do, I still think we're going to see 12 guys on the, on the, uh, on the box score and maybe Logan route gets two minutes and Brandon Napper gets three. And so technically he's tightened the rotation, but he's playing 12 guys and he's, I'm sure. And Huggins would, I don't want to speak for Bob Huggins. Okay. But I'm assuming he would tell you, Neil, I would love to, have guys out there that could gel and have chemistry as well. And yet he can't (laughs) and he can't. And again, not a bad problem to have this early on. They're seven and one. They lost the two road game by two. Anyway, we'll see. I don't know how tight the rotation could be. (laughs) I think I guess it's going to keep it loose. Thanks for the email, Neil. Random thoughts coming up. You think it's easy, huh? <laughs> you think it's easy to come up with a custom design for your T-ball league or your nonprofit or your charity? <laughs> You're thinking, hey, I got a laptop. I got Microsoft Word. I know how to make things in a papyrus font. I know how to use clip art. This is going to look great. (laughs) Ah, It's not going to look great. You want something great? Contact Dire Prime, lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. No design fees, no screen fees. They can Put together your design and put that design on over 1 million different promotional products. Call or text them, 304-767-4445. Find them on the web, dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. 
Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. This game was apparently part of something called the Big East Big 12 Challenge. So these are made-for-TV things, right? And I was aware of this and thought, you know, you hear the Big 10 ACC Challenge, and then later in the year there'll be a Big 12 SEC Challenge. The challenge, my understanding of a challenge, and it's all made up. But my cha- the challenge, here's my challenge with the, let's talk about challenge. My challenge with the Big East Big 12 challenge is that it's not happening in one day or in a weekend. It's being sold as the Big East Big 12 challenge is happening in the month of December. And so instead of one day, my preference, or two days, I'll accept it. The Big 12, excuse me, the Big East Big 12 challenge can happen in 31 days. And so then, I'm sorry, it's not a challenge. Call it something else or don't make any reference to it at all. Either way, I'm good. But if I'm looking at ESPN.com and looking at the Big 12 and not all Big 12 teams are playing Big East teams, and I look at Big East teams and not all the Big East teams are playing Big 12 teams, then guess what? You know what? If you don't tell me it's a challenge, then I look at that. I'm Number one, I'm not looking at Big East school's schedule for the day. Not doing that. That that that's over. That was a time in my life. But it's not a thing. And during the broadcast today, the only kind of way it was a thing was a graphic. And the person calling the game making reference to the graphic. But no mention of the other Big 12 Big East matchups. And they couldn't do that because, again, it's 31 days, and so it's not a thing. So play Big East teams, Big 12 teams. That's great. Uh, Change it. (laughs) And I would say that regardless of what the record is so far, but if you're keeping track of the Big East Big 12 Challenge, the Big East is 4-0. <laughs> Gosh. The Big 12 might be down a little bit. Based on this Big East Big 12 challenge, it's not a challenge. Georgetown goes into Oklahoma State, beats Oklahoma State. Texas Tech goes to DePaul, DePaul, and loses. West Virginia loses a day. Kansas State loses at home to Marquette. So... Doesn't look good for Big 12 winning the Big East Big 12 Challenge. But again, it doesn't matter. Nobody can win it because it's not a thing. Moving right along, you know, you ever thought about how you learn things? I've been told you learn things by asking questions. And so I'm, I'm going to introduce a new segment to Unreasonable Doubt where I'm just going to ask questions. And give a little bit of time to for you to hear the question, think about the question, 
these are not there's not a definitive answer i don't think on some of these it's just let's all think together all right and i'm not the i'm not the holder of all questions but let me just ask some questions and let's all learn together because like i said you learn by asking questions here we go Did the St. John's guy who killed WVU in the first half have a resting, you just found out your car's been towed face? Do you like Oscar Schwebway's new hair headband combo? Have you ever donated to Wikipedia? Do you know someone who has donated to Wikipedia? If no one donates to Wikipedia, will Wikipedia still exist and thrive? Could you pay extra for a Bob Huggins Inside the Huddle live mic experience? If so, How much would you pay per game to have that experience? Did you know that if you poured all of the coffee beans and coffee grounds that are available in the world into Lake Erie, it would rain Sanka two weeks later for three days straight and strengthen the perch population? If Stephen A. Smith and Sophie B. Hawkins had a child, did you know that by law they would be required to name the child John C. Riley if it was a boy and C.C. Winans if it was a girl? Hopefully we all learned and got smarter by that little segment called Questions. <laughs> that, may, that may be a one-time deal. Final thoughts coming up. Permanti Brothers, your college game day headquarters. Late night deals start daily at 9 p.m. Great deals on fan favorites, including wings, sandwiches, and more. Check up with the brothers on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for the latest deals, most up-to-date news, and info on game day specials. Permanti Brothers. Your go-to brothers on game day and every day. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I did enjoy watching the game today. It was a it was a very stand-up game for me. Lots of standing up and pacing. Great to see WVU come back. Very excited. Fist pump when when Shot Robot made that last three. St. John's used to play St. John's on a fairly regular basis. St. John's was an old Big East foe. So the names are different. It has a different vibe. But what vibe remained today and reminded me of West Virginia's time in the Big East, the referees let them play for periods of the game. 
There was a ton of fouls in the second half. But the first half, not a lot of fouls. Very physical. Derek Culver kind of cross-checked the guy one time out of bounds. A little extra push. If you're a, if you're a lip reader, Culver was saying about what he intended to do in the future with one of the gentlemen from St. John's. Another nostalgia thing, Fox Sports 1 bought the John Tesh song in their in their lead up to the game and like at halftime and stuff. And that used to be the NBA theme song when the NBA used to be on NBC. And Bob Costas used to call NBA games. So that that was something that happened in our lifetime. But it's also something in 2019, in this idea of nostalgia, you see on the internet, end of the decade lists. And so we're going to enter a new decade and it'll be next year will be, you can listen to a Justin Timberlake double album all year. I think that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions is to play that album on repeat. Because <laughs> that's funny, right? Because it's of 2020. Anyways, my question to you is, when does the decade start and when does the decade end? All right? It's tricky. Because you go with the next to last number, Right? But what I feel like, I was born in a year with a zero. And so if you're born in a year with a zero, or the years that are a zero, we're saying that the zero starts the new decade. Where in anything else, you start with one and you go to ten. So the the years that end in zero are the ten. But because the number is different, (laughs) it makes it, it makes it, it puts it in a new decade. It's just confusing. Am I the only one confused by that? I probably am. Anyways, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with 2020 being the first year of the 20s because it's, it's 20. You're using the word 20. But you're starting with year zero. We go zero to nine on decades is what I'm saying. When all the other times we go one to ten. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything new. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just listen on one. Pick one. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Spotify. Podbean. Radio Public. Overcast. Pandora. CastBox. Just do one thing. Rate the podcast five stars. Whichever platform you're using, if there's a rating system, the highest rating. It's not zero to four. It's one to five. And regardless of how you feel about this nonsense, just hit the five button. So you might even hit the hit two taps. If you do that, that really helps this podcast. West Virginia's next game is Thursday in the Coliseum against something called Austin Pay. Pay? P-E-A-Y. P? Austin P? Apparently that's a college or university in the United States 
very unfamiliar with that. That's a me problem. I feel very good about WVU's chances coming off a loss, playing at home versus Austin P. That's 7 p.m. Thursday on Nexstar. And for here in the Nitro area, that's the local CBS channel. If you're somewhere else in the state, that's probably something else for you. But just Google it. You know, just Google it. Wikipedia, whatever. That's the next game. Until then, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2019-2020 season. Seven wins, one loss.